Well, hello, YouTube Power Hour Squad. Erica here for another interview for you. So for this episode of the podcast, I have to say this is probably one of my favorite episodes I have recorded in like 200 something interviews. Um, it's with Cass from Clutterbug. And in this episode, we talked about her really interesting journey on YouTube, how she went from zero to 100,000 subscribers in about three years back in 2008, 2009. And then at around 100,000 subscribers, she completely lost her channel, completely lost it. So she explains what happened there, why she lost it, and then how she started over and now has 400,000 subscribers. Um, I think it's been like five years since then. So she's had quite the journey here on YouTube and she shares some of her lessons. One of the lessons being how important it is to diversify your income stream if you are relying upon YouTube to be your income. And she talks about all the different income opportunities that she has had as a result of her YouTube channel, such as a TV show, such as a book, a course, uh, printables that people pay for. And she goes in detail about how much she makes for each of those, uh, how much she makes a year. And this is a really amazing, inspiring, jam-packed episode um, of a mom of three kids who went from um, running a daycare at her house to wanting to be a stay-at-home mom and how she's really living that dream. So um, I really hope you enjoy this episode because I know that I really enjoyed um, recording it. And if you are new here, welcome. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, make sure you subscribe there for all the new episodes we have coming out, but also come here to YouTube if you're not here already and hang out with us here. Leave a comment. Let me know what you got out of this episode, what you learned, what changes you might be making to your YouTube channel as a result of the things that you learn here today. And also, I have a free one-hour YouTube masterclass. If you head over to ericaviera.net forward slash masterclass, you can claim your spot for the class where I teach the strategies and tips that I have received from interviewing over 250 amazing successful women on YouTube. And I've interviewed some amazing men as well, as well as um, coaching hundreds of women on their YouTube channels. So head over to ericaviera.net forward slash masterclass to get your spots. Enjoy the interview. Mwah. Well, hello, Cass. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I'm really excited to talk to you about your journey here on YouTube, but also just like all your businesses and everything you have going on. I think it's really, really interesting. And I think our listeners and viewers can learn a lot from your experience here, having an online presence and an online business. But let's first get started with your YouTube channel. Can you give us a kind of cliff notes, brief rundown of your history on YouTube? Yeah, so I um I started YouTube I think in 2008. It's like the when it first started, the yeah. the beginning of time basically. <laughs> and uh I didn't I didn't even know you could make money or anything. I mean, it was purely for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited to organize my home that I wanted to share it with as many people as possible and my husband was like, "I don't want to hear about organizing your socks one more time." Yeah. And he got me a little uh flip phone. 
and said, why don't you just upload it on the internet and, and tell people on the internet? And so that's what I did. And I started uploading videos just talking about my love of organization and it really grew. I didn't know anything about analytics or mm. subscribers or anything. I was just doing it for fun. And that old channel hit 100,000 subscribers. And um, I mean, that still blows my mind today. Yeah, yeah. It was so much easier back then. Can I just say that, though? <laughs> yes, yes. So, I mean, you you had your channel, your your channel that you started in 2008, you're uploading videos. And then how long before you hit 100,000? I want to say three years, maybe four years before I hit 100,000. And then somebody said to me, like, how much money are you making? And I went, you can make money off of YouTube. Like I had, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was running a home daycare. I wanted to be a stay at home mom more than anything, but obviously I still had to earn an income. So I chose running a home daycare and I would make videos at night after my kids went to bed and or on the weekends just for fun. And when I finally signed up for AdSense, I was making enough money to replace that income and just be a stay at home mom and, and do what I loved. But that ended, unfortunately. And I, I lost my AdSense account due to invalid clicking, which back oh. in the day, they didn't give you a second chance. You know, if the same URL clicked on the ad multiple times, that was it. It was over. And um, so just like that, this dream I had to be a YouTuber and earn a living was gone. Wow. And yeah, they didn't give you a second chance back then. So I had to start all over again from scratch with a new channel. And you wow. can't transfer your views or transfer subs. I mean, it was really starting again from scratch. But it was the best thing that ever happened because I started out with a brand. Mm -hmm. So I went from being Malato 79 to a whole new channel called Clutterbug, which allowed me to have a brand and just really diversify. So I learned my lesson. You don't just count on YouTube money or sponsorships. And now I was able to start diversifying my income. Okay. So that's like super interesting. So you had a channel that had over a hundred thousand subscribers, which you kind of started at the beginning of YouTube time, you know, 2008, Three or four years later, you had 100,000 subscribers, like you're making money, you stopped your home daycare because you, you, that was now your new source of income, just AdSense. Was that initial channel, that initial channel was about organizing, right? It was kind of the same niche and everything. Exactly. Yeah. So when you said that, so when this new channel happened, I mean, you must've been shocked when you, when, when like YouTube, like, just like, sorry, like you're done. Yeah, I cried myself to sleep for like months. The thing yeah. is, I didn't even know it could be a possibility to earn money, to earn a living off of mm -hmm. YouTube. And then to have it taken away, like then it was like, ta-da. Mm -hmm. And then to have it taken away, um, it was devastating. It was, it was really devastating. And then having to start all the way from scratch again. And you know, as a YouTuber, you get paid per views. So I had years worth of videos that could no longer be monetized. Yeah, so I had to start all over again. And it took me two more years before I had the same income coming back in. Wow. And so what about getting those subscribers over to your new channel? Like, like did you kind of post videos there? It's like, hey guys, FYI, 
Did you only have YouTube or did you have like an email list as well or anything else to communicate to them or was it just YouTube? No, I just had YouTube. So I was definitely still posting videos over there and Mm -hmm. and a couple trying Mm -hmm. to have people come over. Um, But it was a slow process. It just really was. And the thing is, subscribers don't equal uh, income, right? It's all about your, your views. So all of those old videos that were out there that were just constantly getting views could no longer be monetized. So it taught me such a valuable lesson though. Mm -hmm. Don't put all your eggs in one basket as a business owner. And Mm -hmm. as a YouTube, we're business owners. Yeah. Um, yeah. So grow an email list, have a Facebook page, have different streams of income coming in because at any moment, YouTube can be taken away from you. That's so, that's so, it's so crazy. And it was for like illegal clicks. That's what they told you at the time. Yeah. They said the same URL was clicking multiple times on my ad. So now they call that click bombing Mm -hmm. and, and they don't do that anymore. I mean, if that happens to you, you can just appeal and, but they didn't have that back then. So that's crazy. That's so yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you, when you said you like, you know, it was a good thing because you were able to kind of rebrand and everything. How did you now approach your new channel differently than before? Like, what do you mean by that in regards to, you know, coming yeah. with brand? So I, I immediately stopped thinking of it as a hobby and started thinking of it as a business. Okay, I have these amazing subscribers. How can I have them be a part of a community, not just on YouTube? So I started a website with um, a mailing list so I could email them little blog posts. And I started a Facebook page and a support group. And I started um, just doing other selling printables online, printable checklists. I just really started treating it like not just a YouTube channel, but a business. Mm -hmm. And I never would have done that had I not lost my AdSense. I never saw, I guess I didn't even realize how important it was to, to be more than just a channel to be, um, yeah, to be a real like community for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be, to be a channel, yeah, a community, but also for you, like you said, like a business, like a multifaceted business, not just YouTube, churning out videos and then getting that AdSense. So, exactly. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. People who watch you on YouTube, they they want more. Yeah. They want more than just your videos. They want to see posts and maybe they want to see printables and they want to see when I say printables, I mean like cleaning checklists that people could get for free and, Mm -hmm. and just, um, sort of being in their lives in all areas of social media and not just focusing just on YouTube. And it turned out to be this amazing thing. Yeah. So then that was in around what year would you say? Like 11, I think it was like, by the time I, it took me another two years. So I wallowed in self-pity probably for a couple of years after yeah. I lost Malatos 79. And really, I started really earning money again in 2015. Did you immediately start creating new videos on a new channel or did you kind of take a break and then, you know, 2000? I cried for a while. Yeah. I cried for a while. Yeah. yeah. Because um, AdSense is linked to your social security number. So it's one and done. As soon as it's gone for you, it's gone forever. And eventually I realized I could start it in my husband's name. So mm. Clutterbug is actually owned by my husband. That is um, crazy. 
Yeah. So it took me a while just to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And and then it was probably 2015 again before I was receiving enough income to be able to quit my daycare all over again. So I had to start a new daycare oh and yeah, that's to crazy. Get all over. That's insane. Um, and then how long did it take you to get the, the 100,000 subscribers back? Was that around the same time when you started making around the same amount of money or? Yeah. Well, I learned also to make money faster with less subscribers. So I couldn't tell you exactly when I hit a hundred thousand subscribers. It took for freaking ever. That's all I know. But, (laughs) but I did find ways to earn income a lot faster and not just count on AdSense revenue. So really diversifying right off the bat and started earning money like at 20,000 subscribers, 50,000 subscribers. So by the time I hit that 100,000 subscribers, I already had different revenue streams coming in. Wow, that's so that's so smart. So what what were you doing then to make money faster with less subscribers? Yeah, so definitely for me, I love selling printables. So a dollar or two dollars ebooks, selling ebooks online, just charging a few dollars for those is an amazing way to earn money, especially if you're posting those on Pinterest. Mm. So you don't necessarily have to be selling these things to your YouTube subscribers. There are people all over the world who are looking for cleaning checklists or recipes or things like that. I also started doing affiliate links Mm -hmm. because I shop on Amazon all the time. I'm like an Amazon addict. So if I buy something from Amazon and I'm using it in a video, I just toss in an affiliate link. Um, So that was really a cool, like I'm still constantly just receiving monthly income from that, something I would post the link anyways. Why not get that 6%? And um, eventually I wrote a book my first organizing book, which is an incredible way, again, to earn money. It's all about creating something one time that you can sell over and over. Mm -hmm. And that's such a good lesson for YouTube creators, because with YouTube, it can seem just never ending this content creation thing, like, because you do have to continue to create content to stay relevant, to be in front of your audience. So I've always liked the idea of being able to do something once and then having it just, you know, work for you later on. And for YouTube, if you don't make that decision and create something like your printables, like an ebook, like your book, then you're kind of stuck in this hamster wheel, no matter how big you are. I mean, because there's people that have millions of subscribers and they're relying on AdSense, they're relying on brand deals, and they haven't created anything of their own. So I think it's a really important lesson for YouTube creators. Yeah, I agree. And I personally don't do sponsored posts or brand deals. None at I all? just none. No. Really? I don't feel no. I don't feel like right about it, I mm-hmm. guess, or something. Um so because that was a stressful thing too, like trying to get deals and then I felt so crappy trying to work it into videos. And mm-hmm. it just it made something fun ugly. Mm-hmm. It made something like I love making YouTube videos into, ugh, this is work. Mm -hmm. And so I made that decision a long time ago that I don't do that, but I don't have to. I can offer my subscribers something really genuinely good and useful for a really low amount of money that they're happy to to buy because it improves their life too. And um, I can continually earn an income from that. So would you say that, well, actually, let let me backtrack a little bit. So how do you kind of work this in to your videos, like making them aware that you have these offerings without obviously like 
advertising too much on your videos. You know? Yeah. Like that fine line between providing value, but also like making people aware, like how, like how exactly do you do that? Yeah, I offer a lot of free content. So I'll make free printables. And then on my printable page on my website, I'll have a couple of things that cost a few dollars. So I never promote the things that actually cost money. I promote the free. And then when they go there they have the option to upsell. So I try to do like soft sells because I hate that buy all my things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do find that people are just so supportive. And I think they're part of your community. They want to support you. And that's, I've just found, um, yeah, if I'm really just honest with them and open, uh, they're, they're just supportive. So they sell lots of printables that way. And then when I wrote my first book, I was just excited to write a book. So I was like, you guys, I wrote a book and I, I only mentioned it each book in one video. So I just say it one time and then I put a link in my description and you guys, I wrote a book. Exactly. And then how did that opportunity? Oh yeah. Were you, do you have something else to say or? That's it. So yeah, I just put them in the description automatically so I don't have to sell through my channel, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And how do that, how does that convert? Like, have you found that you're, I don't know if you're able to track the URLs and stuff, because you also have your website, your blog, you have Pinterest. So how is the conversion of sales on your YouTube versus say your blog versus say um, Pinterest? Yeah, it's almost 90%. 90% of book sales come from directly from YouTube videos. So I'll be talking oh. about something. And mm-hmm. then I think people are just looking for more information and they scroll down and they see that I have a book and then word of mouth or on Instagram, I'll take a picture of me holding my book. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just the magic of social media, people sharing and sharing and sharing and talking about it. And so even without a really hard sell, my amazing community, I, I mean, my books hit number one bestseller. Each of them hit that just wow. from the amazing support of yeah. my subscribers. There's so much power in having influence on YouTube and having an audience on YouTube. I mean, it's just, there's just so much to, there's just so much, there's so much opportunity, like a book or, and having these multiple streams of income. How did this book come about? Was it just something you said, oh my God, I want a book and I'm going to self-publish it? Or was it, did someone reach out to you or how did that whole thing happen? Yeah, no, I I, I suck at writing. I never th- would have thought of writing yeah. a book. A publisher actually contacted me. They work only with YouTubers oh. and they said, hey, we see you're a YouTuber. Do you want to write a book? And they offered me a book deal. And so I was so like, this seems really out of my wheelhouse. And it was, it turned out to be one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. I loved writing it. Um, I feel like it really helps people. I get emails all the time from people who don't even watch my YouTube channel that have read the book mm-hmm. and are so thankful for that book. Um, so it's just a, more ways to help people and, and change lives. It's been such a great experience. And I totally recommend that everyone should give it a try. Give writing a book a try? Yeah, it yeah. seems so hard, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it's this over, but it's really not, especially as YouTubers, we have the knowledge and the experience. We've been talking about the same topic for five years yeah. or something, right? Yeah, so yeah. once we or twice have, a week, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We have the content and the knowledge. We're already experts. And so why not put it down on paper? Yeah. How long did it take you to write the, the, that first book? Because I know you have two. 
Yeah, I have four. I'm writing oh, my you have four. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, easy, I know. Um, I think it was about three months for the first book. So in I was just writing 15 minutes a day. If I could just sit and make myself write for 15 minutes a day. And like I said, we already have all the knowledge. So it just, it pours out. It's like, what would you say in a YouTube video? And then you write it out. Blah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. You just dump it all out there. Um, so let's look at your, for those of you that are here on YouTube, let's look at your website. So you have this really adorable website. Oh, and then you also have, I forgot to ask you about this too. Um, Okay, you have, you ask people like what their organizing style is. So you have these four, when did you come up with this whole system of like your four different organizing styles? Because that's so much a part of like your branding, you know, it's like Clutterbug, you have these four, this is so cute. You have four different organizing styles, a ladybug, a cricket, a butterfly, and a bee, right? Is that what it is? That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's so cute. When did, when, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's such great branding with your name and the four different, you know uh, styles and, and all that. When did you come up with, with that concept and that idea? So while I was doing Melito 79, a lot of people even locally were watching my videos and people were reaching out to me to organize their homes. Mm -hmm. So I went from like this super slob organizing my own home and being excited about it to helping friends and family and clients. And that's when I realized like what works for me doesn't work for everyone else. Uh -huh. And yeah, eventually I found that there were four styles and I started calling them clutter bugs because I call myself a clutter bug. Mm -hmm. And so when I lost my AdSense revenue and started all over again, it was just the perfect opportunity to talk more about the four styles and brand it for those four styles. I sort mm -hmm. of fell into it mm -hmm. and um, yeah, that's how it happened, I guess. Yeah. And is that kind of the cornerstone of like your content on YouTube and then plus your paid content, is that kind of, do you kind of go with that, with everything? Yeah, sort of. It's sort of uh, my underlying, I definitely talk about decluttering and simplifying your life and just mom hacks because I'm super lazy mm -hmm. and definitely just organizing. But that's something that I always come back to. So um, yeah, it's sort of the the benchmark of my brand, I guess. Yeah. So, okay. So going back to your, your website, cause you do, you have a lot of really interesting offerings. So you have, um, you have your books, which we could see here. So you have your multiple books and people can buy it directly on your website or are they buying it? You're directing them to Amazon. I'm directing them to Amazon. To yeah. Amazon. And I'm getting the extra 6% because affiliate links. Oh yeah. So on top yeah. of your book sales, <laughs> you get the 6% from the website. That's smart exactly. too. Exactly. Yes. Um, and then, okay, I want to talk about like the free, the free printables, but here's the books. Yep. Okay, we'll talk about your podcast. I mean, you have a podcast, you have a course, we'll talk about that too. Uh, and then here's your printables that you talked about. So you have free printables, but then you also have... Do you do your own graphic designing or do you, do you have somebody I do. You? Look how terrible they are. That's why, yeah, that's how you know I do them. They're so, so bad. Are you, are you kidding me? Like, I <laughs> yeah, think they look so great. Terrible. I think, so you do all your own graphic designing? Yeah, I have a wonderful um, woman named Alice who has made my logo, but all oh. of these principles are just me. It's I mean, a hot that's, mess. That's but. pretty good. Where do you create them? Like what software do you use? I use Canva. Oh, you use Canva. Well, wow. Yeah. So these are, these are the free ones. Um, and then you've got your $2, 15 minute home decluttering guide. 
And do people buy your like $2, $5? Are people kind of they going do. in there? All, all the time. Always. I would say I'm averaging $1,500 a month off of these $2, off of these $5. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, consistently. And most of these people are coming from Pinterest, actually, because okay. I pin all of those graphics. So while they're here getting the free ones, they'd mm-hmm. go ahead and click on some of the paid too. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I was wondering what happens if you add to cart, then I can add free ones and paid ones. So I feel like that's kind of smart because like, I, I, I know me, like when I'm shopping, if I'm at a store and I definitely know I'm going to buy one thing, then I'm like, okay, fine. I'll like find other things to buy. It's kind of like there's like this gate opens up like, okay, fine, I'm spending money, you know? And I feel like it's the same thing. Once somebody adds something in the cart, even though that's it's free, you're maybe more likely to to pay money for something else. Yeah. And I, I really try to offer good, really good free content too. So mm-hmm. people are like, okay, this free thing was actually really good. The paid thing must be even better. Yeah. So offering a lot of just free content Almost everything I offer is free. Um, it just it it builds that trust with the subscribers that they're not gonna that they're what they're getting really has value. You do have a lot of free. Sense. How do you decide what to make free and and what to charge? Um, the ones that took me a really freaking long time to make, <laughs> <laughs> and the ones that come with packs, like with lots mm. of lots of con, like um, they're basically small eBooks, like hundreds of printables in those, uh, or Excel files that I've already edited, so they can just enter in the numbers and it calculates their budget for them. Those mm. are the ones I charge some money for. Uh, do you have this on Etsy also? Or is it just... I don't. No. No. Oh, oh. no. Maybe you should. And I should add more. We have to redo. Every time I look at my website, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to redo my website. Really? So it's just something I've done myself. And um, you have a yeah, lot. I need to hire somebody. <laughs> I definitely need to hire somebody for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have, a, you have a lot. You have a lot on here. And so, okay, that's, that's really, really cool. So though you got, you know, you got here, you got people can opt in. I'm assuming you have like opt-ins where people can opt in for free things with their emails as well. Exactly. I should do this more. I'm not the best business savvy person, but I do. um, Says a person with like multiple streams and people are probably thinking like, are you kidding me? Yes, you are. (laughs) I could do this so much better. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. um, I I hate to like put in your email address to get something for free. I hate that crap. So I don't do it very often. I I just did like a simplicity. Uh, it's like a, it's a guided journal and it's free mm. and it's also edit like you can edit it on your phone. So it's basically like a little app, mm. and it's just free and you don't have to put in your email address for that because I'm like I hate that. You know yeah. what I mean? So, mm. so again, but I tell people that like I I am, if you want to put in your email address, I'm gonna send you lots of freebies, uh, but. I'm not going to make you put it in to get some to get something if that makes sense. So are you actively trying to build an email list or is that not really part of kind of your strategy? No. Okay. No. Okay. No, but but that's saying like I think I have over 100,000 emails on my email list and I wow. it's Yeah, it's those annoying pop-ups that people get before they leave, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I was having problems with that on my website. Just like disabled it. I hate it. I was like, get it off my website. But um, it was like it was broken. It was it was coming up too much, and I it was like a whole thing in code. I had to get actually someone to go in my back end and fix it. I'm like, oh my god. Um, But 
that, wow, a hundred thousand emails. So do you use your email list for anything? Like, do you email them like your videos or do anything at all? Okay. I do. So I have an automated WordPress plugin that okay. once a week, every Sunday, it will send them any new content I've put out that week. So if I've done a blog post or a podcast or whatever I do, mm-hmm. it will automatically send it to them. It's not pretty. I mean, it's not like a nice newsletter. I need to do that. I, it's just time. So yeah, that's actually time. something I really want to do is is hire an assistant to to work on my newsletter. But no, I don't generally ever send out things to those people. I just pay MailChimp obnoxious amounts of money for yeah. it to sit there 000, and do yeah. nothing. It's yeah. ridiculous. Well, you're yeah, sending no, it out once a week, right? You're sending one. Y- yes. Are people opening yeah. it? Do you know like your open no. rate and all that? Yeah. No. Because it's just, it's, it's just basically, it's just, they're they're sucking it from YouTube and they're putting it in. It isn't pretty. And it's, um, the title is just, yeah, it it says like new posts from Clutterbug. Like it's nothing. Yeah. So it's definitely a goal for 2020. I can't believe it's 2020 is to send out newsletters with just really good content, giving Mm -hmm. people free advice and printables and linking to my uh, videos in a, in a nicer format. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. A hundred thousand email subscribers is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. It is expensive. They do charge you like every month or as you get higher and higher, you get charged. So you should, yeah. Cause I'm also the thing is, it's like, it's like a way for people to, to know what's going on. You know, not everybody's on YouTube, not everybody's on your website. So sometimes you get an email, you're like, Oh, I haven't seen one of her videos for a while. Maybe I'll go check it out or podcast or whatever. Um, But let's talk about your podcast. So you have a podcast. When did that come about? Why did you decide to start a podcast? I have no idea why I started, but it's the coolest thing. Can I just say that? I don't do a good podcast. Like I don't interview people like you do. Mm-hmm. I just sit and talk. And it's those days where I don't want to put on makeup or brush my hair or put on clothes. Yeah. I'm like, I should do something. I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to be honest with you. I mm-hmm. never tracked it or anything like that, but I signed up for something called Chartable. It's called Chartable. And I don't even know. anyways, what is that? It, it tells you your ranking on Apple iTunes. Oh, I... I didn't, I know about that. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually cool. not good about, cause like, I'm not that good about tracking all this stuff. And I, and they don't, there's not as many metrics in podcasts yeah. as there are on YouTube. It's just like, so right. I need to go check that exactly. out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. I didn't realize how I was doing. Right. I just yeah. thought I looked, I looked at the views or the downloads in comparison to YouTube. It was so minuscule yeah. that I was like, Podcasting's oh, my podcast different. is sucking. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm number one. In the UK and United States and Canada and um, Australia for Home and Garden podcasts. So and that app that 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 tells you that that yeah. Okay. yeah. So I have I that's, think I have almost amazing. two million downloads on my podcast, and it's like a crappy podcast, but yeah. that's the thing. The wonderful thing, podcast is such a fast growing mm-hmm. uh, way to to build a community, to reach out to people. Everybody's listening to them more and more every day. So it's so much easier to, to grow than it is on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's podcasting is interesting because it's, there is a search engine there, but it's not like, it's not as powerful as YouTube. It's like a podcast, a podcast episode won't go viral. Like it's, it's true. 
Yeah. Because there's people on YouTube that are brand new and it goes viral and then they're getting hundreds of thousands. Whereas I feel like podcasting is a great way to like slowly build an audience. But at the same time, I also think podcasting is really amazing to like really connect with people, you know, because like listening to somebody's voice for like an hour every week or however, like it's very an intimate kind of like one-on-one experience. So I feel like it's definitely a way to like really get to know like a person yeah, and what they stand for, their values, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I I just find it so like YouTube seems like such a slow grow to me. Mm-hmm. I was never like a viral video yeah. pew person. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's been a slow trudge up that mountain. And with a podcast, I, I just found like every day I'm like, wow, I've doubled again. Wow, mm-hmm. I've doubled again. So I guess it's different for every person. Yeah. But I definitely found growth was a lot faster mm-hmm. on my podcast. Uh, how often are you doing a podcast episode? Listen, I'm not like businessy. So it's sort <laughs> of like whenever I feel like it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so just whenever you just feel like uploading, you're like, okay, I'm going to do like, uh... and I'm wondering yeah. if, if it's part of it is that you are talking about something that not a lot of other podcasters are talking about. Like maybe it's just kind of, and I'm like, I rock tags and titles. Like Mm -hmm. that's my whole, even with YouTube tags and titles are so important. And so I always use Google trends to search what people are searching for in. So if I'm going to make a video about I don't know how to mop a floor. Mm-hmm. I would actually go to Google Trends and type in how to mop a floor or mopping floor fast or do you know what I mean yeah. to see which would be searched the most mm-hmm. and then I title it that and I use those specific tags. So not clickbaity because mm-hmm. that's gross, mm-hmm. but um definitely I try to title my things the way someone would type into a search engine instead of trying to be creative and clever mm-hmm. with titles and tags. I try to really hit the algorithm. And I feel like with your, your videos, and we can kind of go back to your YouTube channel. I feel like with your, the videos that you do, it really is something that's very like information driven, right? It's like, you know, how to simplify your life, declutter with me. It's not going to be like a super like trendy type thing, like, you know, organizing your child's bedroom or uh, things like that. It's, but at the same time though, it's like, there's a lot of people that are searching for this kind of content. So like you said, it's kind of hitting the nail on the head on like, what, like, how are they searching for it? Like, what is it? What are the words that they're using? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's, it's constantly changing, isn't it? YouTube's always changing Mm -hmm. their sort of algorithm. But when I do like a how to organize a small bedroom or how to organize a kitchen on a budget, those videos do better because those are things that people are actually searching for. Mm -hmm. If I do something like, I don't know, three easy tips for organizing your bedroom, Mm -hmm. that's going to get less views. Do you know what I'm saying? Because Mm -hmm. that's not what someone would type in. So when you're coming, how do you then come up with your video ideas? Oh my gosh, I'm really bad at this. It's basically like whatever I'm doing in my life at that okay. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, my kid's room is messy. I'm going to organize it. I'll make a video about it. And um, there was a really long time where I treated it more like a business. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I was uploading videos and mm-hmm. and it stopped being fun. 
It stopped being fun when I it ha- it became work. And so for me, it's really important. That's just the type of personality that I have that I, I, I do it when I feel like it. And I do it for the love of making videos and the love of talking about things I'm passionate about. And sometimes it dips. And like right now I'm in a low for sure. I just don't feel like making videos, but that's okay. No, because I know when I am, I'm going to just be like crushing it again. So I try not to pressure myself too much. And uh, my videos are better when Mm. it's coming from a place of joy. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, it sounds like it's like very much about like when you're inspired, when you feel like you feel the call to be doing something or creating something, then you do it. It sounds like that's how you approach everything in your business. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And my husband dies. He cringes because he's like, if you were to just focus, yeah, you know, and, and run it like an actual, like better, more like a business, I would do better, but I, I yeah. wouldn't enjoy it as much. Yeah. So then would I do better? You know, that's the thing that it's, it's, it's really interesting because yeah, you could turn around and say, well, you know, I don't have like, like all the business strategies and blah, blah. But at the same time, there's a lot to be said for like really being passionate and inspired about what you're doing and that coming across on camera, that coming across in your podcast, like even when you're creating things like writing your book or creating your printables, like if you're inspired and you're uh, passionate, like the the outcome, the work that you're producing, in, in my opinion, is it's going to be better. So exactly. as opposed to just churning it out, making it a job and not being inspired and delivering uninspired content. And then with YouTube, especially, and even like a podcast as well, like People are sensitive to it. Viewers are sensitive to it. Listeners are sensitive to it. And then you're not going to get, you're not going to be that magnetic, charismatic person that people are going to want to watch. Right. And I'm unhappy. Mm -hmm. You know, like the whole reason I'm doing this is so um, I can do something I love and that it's amazing and, you know, be home with my kids. Mm -hmm. As soon as it's a nine to five, then I'm like, I'm unhappy, if that makes sense. So I really... Yeah, I want to be happy. I just mm-hmm. I want to I want to be able to if I want to take the whole day in my PJs to watch Fleabag every single, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I totally can do that. And yeah. then maybe tomorrow is when I make a really cool video. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it sounds terrible. I I I'm almost like embarrassed to admit that, but that's that's just I know myself mm-hmm. and I I work better I try harder I put out better things yeah. when I come from a place of being inspired yeah and I don't think it sounds terrible to me it just sounds it sounds like a self-awareness that you just you just know and there's no point in fighting it because what the minute you fight it is the second you'll be uninspired and the second you'll be like I'm done like I like it's like psh, I'm, I'm done with all of it so it's like it's self-awareness it's like you know and people yeah. are loving it, you know? <laughs> well, I don't know. I try not to watch other YouTubers too, because when I watch other YouTubers, I'm like, they're amazing. Oh. And then I'm like, I, I'm crappy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like to be oblivious. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. Just, I want to be oblivious to all the other great, amazing YouTubers out there. Um, because, yeah, I mean... I can't compare my, I, I could not compare. I just have mm-hmm. to stay in my own lane and, and do what feels right for me. As soon as I try watching other people, I'm like, maybe I should do it that way. Maybe I should do it that way. Yeah. And I did that for so long. I sort of veered all over the place mm-hmm. and I ended up just like 
being bummed my video wasn't doing well and it look I don't look mm-hmm. at numbers I don't look at analytics I just I try to avoid all of that just so I can just still treat it I'm treating it like a business but I'm loving it like a hobby Ooh, I like that yeah I think that's really good yeah I and I think that's a really powerful lesson the idea of staying in your own lane and like really zeroing in and focusing on just you uh because for some people, it's like it gets too distracting. It gets like you said, you end up feeling bad about yourself, bad about your content. And then precious time and energy and mind space is now going towards that versus like creating and doing things that you enjoy and love. So I think there's a lot of value to that for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I have I have this question too. So um, you have a, a lot going on. So you have a podcast. You have – and if I'm missing anything, tell me. Um, you have a yeah. podcast – you have a website. Do you, do you upload blog posts on your website? Sometimes, yeah. Whenever you feel like it, <laughs> when you're inspired. So there's like, it sounds like on, on all your platforms, there's not like a regular, there's not like a regular schedule of like this time. So you have a blog and you every now and then you do blog posts. You have a YouTube channel. How often would you say you're creating videos on your YouTube channel? I would say once a week. I I aim to try to put something out once a week. It used to be two or three times a week, and that was so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So uh, once a week. Okay. So you have your YouTube channel, you have your podcast, and podcasts, how often are you doing like an episode, would you say, on average? Like once every two weeks, Okay. (laughs) Okay. But you're still delivering content. You know, you got a podcast episode a couple times a month. You got, you know, YouTube videos four, four or five times a month. Um, you have your Pinterest, and then you have your printables, uh, you have your book, and then you have your course. We haven't talked about your course yet, but I do want to talk about your course, but I want to get this question out, and then we'll talk about your course. So are you doing everything, or do you have anybody helping you at all, like any assistance or anything? It's just me. Um, I do. I did have a summer student that helped me film the course, mm-hmm. and occasionally she comes and helps out, but and not on a regular basis. So it's just just me, home when I feel wow. like making something. And it sounds cooler than it is because yeah. the truth is, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I'm not putting out as much content as I should. I'm probably, in all honesty, only working 20 hours a week, and. Um, I, I could be doubling that. I mm-hmm. should be doubling that. And and I hope to get back into that soon. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I'm going through, I go through these dips where like everything is awesome. And yeah. then it's like everything is less than awesome. <laughs> and uh, I'm definitely, you know, everything's less than awesome uh, point right yeah. now. And that's okay, though, yeah. like because when everything is awesome, I'm crushing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't beat myself up and I, I allow myself to have these lows and mm-hmm. and then and then I just love the highs. Yeah. Um you took that the question that I was gonna and my next question was like, yeah, so how how many hours are you working a week? Cause it sounds like it would be a ton, but when you said twenty hours, that's I mean, that's that's good. Yeah, and and I'm I'm so blessed because 
like I'm here with my kids. I put them on the bus. I'm here. They get they're only at school for six hours. Right. Mm -hmm. So and I don't work when they're when they're home. I just like mom because that Mm -hmm. was my whole goal was to be a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. And so I still like that's that's number one priority is being a stay at home mom. So I don't work when they're here. So I don't have a lot of work hours to dedicate. It's just when they're at school Mm -hmm. and um, it's working, though. It's working for me. I'm making a great income. Mm -hmm. I have the most amazing community of other women who I feel like are just like me. And, you know, uh, it's incredible. They're my family. They're my friends. And I Mm -hmm. I genuinely love them. Mm -hmm. And I'm so blessed to have that. And yeah, I get to work part time. I mean, I have a lot of respect for what you're saying. And I actually see a lot of myself in that because being a mother myself of two young children, you know, very young, they're two and three, I've had to make certain decisions because like you hear all this advice, like on marketers and all this stuff, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And I've had to make certain decisions of like, well, I just, I just can't, I just can't do that. Not if I'm going to be able to be a mother yet at the same time, you know, be passionate about what I'm doing. And so like, I've made decisions about my podcast, my business, like we've been talking about beforehand, like this is, this is the first time in a long time that I've had my interviews on camera. And as much as like, I'm really excited about this now, like doing this with all these new guests and stuff. But there was a while when I was having babies and like, I didn't, I didn't know there's nap schedules all over the place. Like I, it was a lot easier for me to just record things versus like getting in front of the camera. And like, I just, you know, putting the makeup on, doing the whole thing. And I knew for me, that decision was, I was either going to have to like quit the podcast altogether. And I made that decision in that I was like, you know what? It was a conscious decision. Like rather than me give up on this podcast, which I absolutely love, um, and which I knew my audience love and my listeners love, I was going to have to make that decision to not have video and to have audio only. And although I knew that from a, I had so many people tell me like, you need to be on YouTube. You need to be on YouTube. And I know, I know like exactly what you're saying. Like, I know I need to do this, but this is what's right for me right now in this moment. So I really, I actually really, really like what you're saying. And I, I really relate. That's the word that I really relate to a lot of what you're saying right now. So, yeah, and I'm sure we could grow a lot faster if we were doing all of these things, but we're not missing the moments that really matter. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, and I have to be a to be a good mom, I have to be in a good place mentally, too. Mm -hmm. And if, if I'm working and stressing about all of that, then I'm not being a great mom. And the whole reason I'm doing this is so uh, I can work from home and be a work at home mom. So, so yeah, don't even worry about, you'll do it. I mean, it's a slow grow, but you'll get there and you'll feel better about it at the end. Exactly. Exactly. How old are your kids? 13, 11 and seven. Oh gosh. So we're going through teenage drama now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I know there's always different phases, you know, when they're really little, you're like, Oh, but then when they get to teenage, I'm like, Oh God. Um, okay. So let's talk about your course. So you have a course and that course, and I'll pull it up for people to see. It looks like it's some kind of like certification for people that are, unless you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a certification for people that are looking, oop, I got to share it so you guys can see it, that are looking to become organizers themselves. Is that what the course is about? 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. You nailed mm-hmm. it. So I started helping, like I was a slob. That's the, the whole reason I started organizing and started my channels because I was such a messy, horrible, messy person. And then <laughs> when I started getting organized and excited about it and helping friends mm-hmm. and family and then clients, I felt unworthy because I didn't have a certificate, right? I didn't, mm. I felt like a fraud. And so I wanted to take the professional organizing course, but it was 25 hundred dollars. So I saved up for it. I took this online, like to become a professional organizer and it was crap. Mm. The course didn't even really teach you anything. It was a money grab to Mm. say that you were a professional organizer. And then you had to pay $500 a year to stay your designation. And so I thought, really? Yeah. And is that like the only organizing certificate thing that's out there? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I always said someday I was going to offer an alternative. I was going to give moms that confidence because sometimes you just need the piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need to, you know, to take a class and and be certified to have that confidence to be able to charge for your services. Mm -hmm. Nothing is different between before you took it and after, except that piece of paper, that certification, it just boosts you if that makes sense. And I wanted to give that to other moms, but in an affordable way. So I figured out how to get a course accredited and I trademarked the term certified organizational specialist. So they're protected. They can use that term. And I created an online course with everything they would need to know to become an organizing expert. And it's been such a really cool experience because I have over 5,000 people who have taken the course and become certified. Wow. We have a, yeah, we That's have an amazing. online, thank you. We have an online private Facebook group and so like hundreds of them have a lot of people took it because they wanted to learn more about organizing, mm-hmm. right? They wanted to be just for their own home, but a lot of people now have started their own organizing companies. companies. Yeah. And so I get to see their success and we do training. We do weekly live training with them. Okay. Every Friday. Okay. I, I do a live training with them every Friday. In that Facebook and, group? Yeah. So everyone really in the Facebook group has gone, has taken your course. Exactly. And, um, and yeah, I see their confidence. I see like, They've got certified organizational specialists like on their email, right? Mm -hmm. Or on their websites that Mm -hmm. they've created. And it's really grown into this thing that has nothing to do with Clutterbug or me. It's this alternative, an affordable alternative that comes with ongoing training to help them, you know, be stay-at-home moms that earn money. It's so it's so, I'm just so blessed. Uh, that course is so wonderful. And I'm so happy that I decided to do that. When was this that you created this course? I launched it a year ago. Oh, wow. So, so in one year, yeah. you've had 5,000 people take it. And it's a course is another thing. It's like yeah. you've done it one time and you can sell it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And for my subscribers, I offered a 75% off uh, coupon. So they got it for $25, mm-hmm. $25. Like I wasn't looking to yeah. do a cash grab. For me, it was like, I really want you to, to be an expert. I want you to feel that confidence. I want you to have that certification, that accreditation, so you can own it, whether it's mm-hmm. your own home or other people's homes, so you can get your life together and have the confidence to do it. 
And um, yeah, even charging only twenty five dollars, I I just I was blown away with the income that I received from that. Yeah, and is it because on your website it says a hundred dollars, but um, yeah. I offer everybody a coupon though. Like if they're really? my subscribers, yeah, they get still, coupons. The, the, the coupon is still there. It wasn't just like when it was first launched or anything. Yeah. The, when it was first launched, they got a huge drastic, um, mm-hmm. but now it's, it's a 50% off coupon for everybody. Mm-hmm. And anyone that reaches out to me that is like, you know, I'm struggling. I always just give them a free coupon. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that. Oh my that, gosh. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, I know what it's like. I lived That's paycheck amazing. to paycheck, yes. right? I remember being that mom, yeah, just going to work that I hated, my little babies in daycare, struggling to get by. And I was like, I want to work from home. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to earn money and be with my babies. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had to pay $2,500 yes, to do crazy, that. And I was yeah. like, I'm never going to... If, if any other mom reaches out to me, I'm like, I, I feel you, mm-hmm. I got you, and let's do this together. Oh, I, I love that. I think that's amazing because you're not only like creating a product that's obviously going to help people, and cha- but it's going to like change their lives if they really like, okay, I'm going to make this a business. I want to be an organizer. Like, like you said, it's like for some people, it's like it's a thought, but a lot of times taking action and, and, and for a lot of people, like the change happens in the transaction right? It's like somebody's actually making that decision. I'm going to invest $25, $50, whatever it is. I'm going to make that decision. And now it's like, it's a movement toward a direction that now they feel compelled to kind of like take another step forward and then another step forward. Whereas maybe if you didn't have that option for them, it might be an idea that just is like sitting there on the shelf in their brain. It's so true. And and the truth is, I know people would have taken it more seriously if I would have charged more. Mm-hmm. And I've had so many people tell me you should have charged more. And I probably should have because mm-hmm. people who pay $2,500 for a course, they're going to show up. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. going to give it their all. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was looking at all those moms who want to show up and give it their all, but they don't have $2,500. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've probably left a lot of money on the table and I've probably left people who didn't really take it as seriously as they wanted to, but I can promise you there's hundreds of people who have taken it seriously, even Mm -hmm. if they've gotten it for free and they've worked it and they've made it into a career and that makes it worth it really does. That's amazing. And so where is the majority of the traffic coming from for that course? Is it YouTube that? It is. is. Yeah. It's you, it's YouTube and I rock that mailing list. I sent okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of people from the mailing list okay. uh, because it has a free trial. So I mm-hmm. sent everyone the free trial. You can test it out before you buy mm-hmm. and see if you like it. Mm-hmm. And um, I did a lot of Facebook ads too. So oh, okay. I didn't have a ton of success with Facebook ads, mm-hmm. but um, basically I think for every dollar I would spend, I would make an extra dollar sort of thing on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't like, ugh, I don't get the whole Facebook ad. I haven't gone in there either. Like I, I know people like, are like, Oh, you should try it. I'm like, Ugh. I can't do it myself. I would have to hire someone to do it. It's like not something. Yeah. Same here. I'm like, eh. yeah, 
I, I figured it out, but it hasn't been, it's not something I would totally recommend, but yeah. um, it is something I would recommend if you had a bricks and mortar business. So this is the next course that I'm actually developing is okay. how to market yourself, how to do social media, how to do YouTube, how to do all of those things, uh, but also how to market yourself with a bricks and mortar business as well. Um, so you can target ads on Facebook for people who live in your city, who are your age, who have kids. And so that's a great way if you're a professional organizer in your city of reaching out to new clients. Yeah, that's amazing. That's super cool. When is that course coming out? It's coming out in January. So Okay, very cool. And then the other thing that you have going on, which we talked about a little bit before we pushed record, is your potential TV show. It's bananas. <laughs> so let's talk a little it's- bit about that. Yeah. So the reason, okay, I was like the messiest person. I had a bunch of babies all over me Mm -hmm. running in and I was watching TLC's Clean Sweep with Peter Walsh. Mm -hmm. You look too young to know what the heck I'm talking about. But back in the day, Peter Walsh, he was, he had an organizing show called Uh Clean Sweep and it changed my life and he is my hero. And, um, so I mean, I wanted to help people like he did, helped me. So I started doing YouTube and everything's sort of coming from that place of, I want to help people like Peter Walsh helped me watching that TV show. Mm-hmm. And in um, April, I was reached, uh, a production company reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to film a pitch to HGTV for an organizing show? And I was like, okay, oh I'm God. not really a TV person, but sure. And HGTV uh, <laughs> loved it, and they bought two pilot episodes, which we've oh just God. finished filming. So those will air soon, I think. And oh then God. if ratings are good, um, hopefully we get a season. That's amazing. So what is the show about? What's kind of the premise of the show? It's called Clutterbug, mm-hmm. and it's about the four styles. So we go into messy homes and we completely declutter and then we renovate the home based on their bug style. So if they're visual organizers, we'll give them like a mudroom or open shelving. If they're a hidden organizer, we will give them closed cabinetries and everything like that. So it's really wow, been fun. We, that's exciting. That's, exciting. We got to renovate two amazing families' homes, like full reno like strip it down to studs and build their home for how their brain works instead of these cookie cutter homes that are made for one organizing style we get to design their home for the way that they live so they can never live in clutter again that is like really cool so you that is like really amazing so you if this tv show gets picked up like you would have your own tv show I would be the host and it's called Clutterbug. Yeah, your brand. So that's the thing, like, and the four organizing styles are your organizing styles. So like, do you have like a licensing agreement? Is that how it it worked? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I have a licensing agreement for Uh it, for the show. I've trademarked the the term term. Clutterbug. It's mine. I own the word Clutterbug, which is so crazy to me. And and yeah, um, I mean, because I've written so many books on the topic, it's it's my content and they are licensing it from me for the show. Wow, that is so I'm like, like blown away. I think that's just so amazing. Um, what an opportunity. So did they tell you how they found you? Was it through YouTube? 
It was through YouTube. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how the publishers found me. That's how all of these opportunities have happened was putting yourself out there on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And for a really long time, when you're first starting out, you're, you're making content. You're like, no one's even watching. Why am I doing this? You know, I'm just, why am I doing this? Um, but be consistent and stay with it because if you love something and love talking about something, the opportunities will come. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I love, I've been really enjoying chatting with you. This is like really, you're so inspiring there. I find you to be so inspiring. Um, are you open to talking about like ranges of income just to, cause I know when people hear these things, they get like, it, I find it very inspiring. Like, are you open to talk about like ranges? Totally. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Ask away. Okay. Totally. So like, where are you at? Like on a monthly basis? Um, Okay, so I, I I make about four thousand US a month just from AdSense, mm -hmm. and around fifteen hundred from printables. printables yeah. um, books come quarterly, so okay. I would say I'm earning a hundred thousand a year from book sales, mm -hmm. and so so the course is earning around a hundred thousand a year. Mm -hmm. What well, did last year? A hundred thousand a year. And Amazon affiliate links is another a thousand. So I, I would say over a quarter million a, a year mm -hmm. is income, which is, can I just, that's friggin' mind boggling. Mm -hmm. I went from running a daycare, making $50 a day you know what I mean? yeah. to working way more hours to now earning a great living, um, Making I mean, I think a quarter it's a of a million living. a year. I'm so happy yeah. with that. Can I just say, there's people making way more, but for me, mm -hmm. that's like, what the deuce? It's insane. Well, it's on your terms. Right? It's on your terms. You're not even working with brands. You know, it's no. like, it's all on your terms. So it's like, you decide, like you said, you're working 20 hours a week. You, you've said it yourself, like, I could be doing more, but I don't want to. I yeah. Want to and, and whatever it is. And it's, and I'm at the working. point now, like we're so blessed. We, we, we're debt free. Mm -hmm. So I don't need more, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm really happy with, with where I am right now. And so I used to think, oh, when I get to half a million subscribers or, oh, when I get to, and now I feel like this could just, this is, this is more than I ever could have asked for. Mm -hmm. And I remember what, thinking when I could get to $50,000 a year, I'll be so happy because I had never made that much in my life. And, and then when it was like, then it was 60 and then it was 70. When I, I remember when I started earning a hundred thousand dollars a year, I just six figures that to me was just like mm -hmm. insane. Mm -hmm. And to be able to talk about something you love and to help people to really come from a place of wanting to help their people and earn more money than you ever thought possible doing it is a dream come true. And I don't want to sound like one of those people, you can make so much money. Like that's crazy, but, mm -hmm. um, but you really can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're a testament to it. I just, I find it so inspiring. So for the, the show, did you get paid at all for that? Or is it like, if it gets picked up, then you'll get paid? No. Yeah. I get paid per episode. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's definitely a pay cut mm -hmm. in comparison to just all the other revenue streams. But the great thing about being a YouTuber is 
you're making money off videos you filmed five years ago, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? I mean, all of that content's coming in and books you've written, you've wrote them and the income is just continuing coming in. So I've taken some time off mm-hmm. to to do the show. I had all summer, I was traveling and filming, but still I was having my business revenue still coming in. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. So we are near the end. Let me see the the questions because I feel like we talked a lot about your businesses, which is what I really want to talk about because I find that really fascinating and not a lot of YouTube creators are just, they're making money, not they're, they're saying, you know, diversify stuff, but a lot of them are working with brands and doing brand deals. So I was very excited to interview and you bring you on and talk to you about all these other different revenue streams. And even, you know, for, for the ladies listening or watching here on YouTube, it's like, even if you get a couple ideas and maybe you start making an ebook or something, that's, that's something that's one stream, you know? And so I think it's, it's so inspiring listening to, to your story. So this last part, we're going to go real quick is, um, I call it the power hour segment and you just kind of give the first response that you think of in your head. And I ask these questions to everybody that's come on the show, but it's a lot of it's about your YouTube channel. So what have you say, what would you say have been the defining moments of your YouTube career so far? Um, definitely losing my AdSense was defining having to start all over again after three years. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. And in fact, it was failure, but it wasn't failure. And so that was it. And when I hit 100,000 subscribers, I got my gold, my silver play button. Not gold. God, I want the gold, but I'll probably yeah. never get there. But that's okay. I'm okay with that. You're almost halfway um, there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken me a, a million years. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to happen. But um, yeah, the silver play button was really monumental. Did you get two play buttons? Because did you get one for your first channel? They didn't have play buttons oh, back then. Okay. So okay. I only have the one. Yeah, I only have the one. Um, what is the hardest part for you about being a YouTube influencer? Um, it's coming up with ideas that are different. Mm -hmm. So I have over 500 videos and I want to, I love making content, but I don't want to bore people. And so sometimes I put a lot of pressure on myself to just come up with something new and creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you, especially when you have such a niche topic, you know, it's kind of like, You've been talking for years and years and years about organizing. Yeah, I keep telling my husband, we need to move so I can have a new house to organize. But that's the whole thing. Like, that's so disingenuine, right? Like, I really just want to be genuine to people. So um, that's that's hard. It's hard to not give in to that pressure. So are you constantly kind of looking at the around the house, like looking for projects and stuff so that you're like, okay, I can do a video on that? I used to, and I used Mm -hmm. to spend like so much money on the dollar store. Right. But I've stopped all of that. I'm like, I'm not going to do that anymore. If Mm -hmm. I'm actually doing something then I'm going to make a video about it, but I'm not going to force a video anymore. Um, because it was just putting a lot of pressure Pressure. on myself. Mm -hmm. So that's why you say now it's really like whenever you feel inspired. Exactly. And you said earlier, and I, I wanted to kind of follow up with that. You said like right now is a low point. Like, what do you mean by low point? Yeah. So there are times where I'm, I, I'm so excited to make videos. Like Mm -hmm. I just spring out of bed and I'm like, "Ah!" and I can't wait to make a video. And right now I'm like, I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And so I don't push myself when I don't feel like it because they're going to be crappy freaking videos. And I know that that, 
is coming because I'll have mm-hmm. something that I'm really excited about in my life that's going on that I can't wait to share with people. Yeah. And so I just wait for those. I wait for those moments instead mm-hmm. of trying to force them. Yeah, I think it's a really good lesson. Um, if you were to get started today, what would you have done differently? Oh my gosh, I would have used a tripod. Oh. <laughs> that's important. Yeah. I would have bought a ring light. Yeah. What did I do without a ring light? Yeah. And I would have used that stabilization button on Final Cut Pro. Mm. Why didn't I click that button? <laughs> You're an idiot, Cass. That's why. So um, and I watch videos now. I watch YouTubers that I love. I don't mm. try to watch a lot, but I watch some and I'm like, click the button, people. Yeah. Because they're hand, they're hand panning, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so shaky. And yeah. it's one button, one click stabilization, and and your problem solved. On, so on Final Cut when you're editing, or are you on the camera? Final Cut. Final Cut. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> sometimes you just want to free free do, you know, your your camera, yeah. and um, and then it's like it looks like crap, right? Yeah, and I'm yeah. one click, and it looks gorgeous. Yeah. So <laughs> I wish I would have known about that. Yeah, well, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, what are you most proud of when it comes to your YouTube channel? Oh my gosh. I'm proud of the community. I'm proud that like people that have never even heard of me or watch my channel are like, I'm a butterfly or I'm a cricket. Mm. I'm a ladybug. Like I'm proud that it's the Clutterbug brand is bigger than me and it's bigger than my YouTube channel is. Mm-hmm. People who've never even watched YouTube know what Clutterbug style they are, know their organizing style. And to me, that's, that's like the next level, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's like, like you've created there. a legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like when I'm dead and gone, people are still going to be talking about what Clutterbug style they are. Yeah. There's nothing cooler than that to me. Yeah. That's awesome. If you could change one thing about YouTube, what would it be? I wouldn't allow big production people to be on it anymore. Like mm. it used to be back in the day that it was just like us people with our cameras, Individuals. like real people. And now it's like TV shows are on there and mm-hmm. stuff that it's just hard to compete with. It's no longer YouTube. It's just now another television yeah. network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, you know, for, for content creators, we can't compete with million dollar budgets and, and producers and writers and, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So I wish, I wish I could change that, but yeah. Um, what has been the biggest mistake you've made on your YouTube channel? The biggest mistake. I used to not uh, put thumbnails. I used to not upload oh. thumbnails. You would just let YouTube so, pick it? Oh, yeah. And it would be like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like all of them. Are they your old it's, ones? We can look. Oh, don't. Stop it. Why? Yes. I think it's fun. Also, but I've done this other horrible oh, thing. There you go. Oh. Uh, Look at them. Why? Uh, a thumbnail, you idiot. Oh um, my gosh. Look at them. Look at those. Yeah. Yeah. They're not the greatest. Seconds. That's five seconds. Make a freaking thumbnail. Did you just not also, know or you're just like, eh? I just didn't know. Yeah. I just, you know. I just didn't, I didn't research. I just like, oh, today I'm making a video yeah. and then whatever. Well, and we'll look so at the more recent so people can see that that's not what it looks like now. <laughs> I mean, they're not great, but at least it's not my face freeze framed in yeah. some ridiculous uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. The other thing I did is I, I actually, cr- I, I had an intro song. Hmm. 
stupid. Mm -hmm. I had an intro song that was, uh, it was copyright free, Mm. but, but he had like spliced another song together to make it. And we had a contract and it was copyright free, but now the rules have changed. It used to be that you could have six seconds of another song. If it was cut up, it was called Uh free something. And then they changed the rules. And so I lost all of my revenue. This happened about two months ago to the record company for that six second song. That wasn't even the song. It was like, shoop, shoo, but, um, it was it was like cut up, so it was made different, but then the rules changed. So they took all of my revenue. So I had to manually edit 520-something videos and manually send them all in for reviews to get my income back. And that sucked hard. Oh, my God. That sucks. Yeah. So now I only use Epidemic Sound. Mm-hmm. Epidemic Sound is amazing. And I sh- I went to like some other website or whatever, and that was stupid. Um, so I only get music either from YouTube, which it's kind of crappy, mm-hmm. or Epidemic Sound. It's so worth the money because mm-hmm. your song is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. What a what a sneaky yeah. lesson to have to learn. I love videos. Like, oh, nightmare. Um, what is the best decision you've made about your YouTube channel? Um, Diversifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the best thing I've ever done is do a podcast and do a website and just look at different ways to, to grow my community outside of just YouTube because it can be taken away tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is the best opportunity you've received as a result of your YouTube channel? Like definitely the TV show was cool. Yeah. Uh, but the book was cool too. The books was like, I feel I, I've written three books. I'm writing my fourth book. Like I am a best-selling author. That feels amazing to say. Yeah. And I never would have had that without my YouTube channel. Are your books just available online or are they actually available in stores? Like at Barnes like and Noble? every bookstore. Yeah. And wow. every library. Like I love going to different cities yeah. and them in libraries so yeah so cool oh my god that's like amazing that's so cool um what oh last question what is your youtube superpower meaning what is it about you that comes naturally to you that has contributed to your success um I think I'm just really honest with people. And so at the end of each video, uh, when the video is done, I just tell them about my day or I'll tell them a story or I'll just like be like, blah, mm-hmm. I'm an idiot or I'm addicted to chocolate or I'm just I take those like two or three minutes at the end of each video to just be their friend and they're my friend and we're we're having a chat about life. And um, I think that's different. And I think people appreciate watching somebody even though they're getting tips and tricks but there's a human behind there that's just like them yeah that's awesome well thank you so much Cass for being on the podcast and being just so open with your whole journey with your business and everything I know that you guys listening and watching it got a lot out of this so thank you it was a it's just, I really, really enjoyed chatting with you. So for people that have never heard of you before and they want to go check you out, what's the best place for them to find you? Um, they could just Google Clutterbug mm-hmm. and you'll find me everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. And, um, you know, if you're here on YouTube, leave a comment. Let us know. Let us know 
what inspired you. Let us know what ideas you got, your takeaways from this episode. All right, Cass, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Well, there you go. That is our interview. And if you enjoy this, please give the podcast a review. It helps so, so much. I will see you next week. Mwah.